0: You are listening to Compassion Church Dixon Podcast. So this morning, I want you to turn back to Second Chronicles chapter 16. We was here last week. We started there last week. We're going to start again there this week. But before we do, let's just talk for a minute. We're on a growth journey. We're asking ourselves the question, where are you? Where are you? Good to see you. Where are you? Where are you? Look, look at your neighbor right now and say, where are you? Where are you? See, in the physical, we go, well, I'm right here, you goofball. What are you talking about? But spiritually, just because you think you're somewhere spiritually, somewhere spiritually doesn't mean you're all, always there. Does that make sense? And this spiritual life and this spiritual growth journey that we're on is simply that. It is a journey. It is a marathon, not a sprint. I was in in Nashville last night in a church service, and uh, what was her name? Charlotte Gamble. I think it was Charlotte Gamble. She actually made that statement. And I reached over to Jill and I said, that's actually in my sermon because we're literally on this marathon. It is not a sprint. And what happens when we try to grow spiritually is we'll look at our spiritual life and go, well, I'm a baby right now, so I just wanna grow to an adult immediately. And we sprint to adulthood and we're tripping and falling and hurting ourselves, breaking legs and arms and limbs. We're doing all kinds of stuff along the way because we don't understand that we're on a marathon. that there's stages of your spiritual life. There's stages of your spiritual growth. So I've got two things for you before we go into 2 Chronicles 16. The first is this, desire to be fully devoted. First you have to be fully devoted. What does fully devoted mean? I am all in, I am holding nothing back. I am completely His. That is the beginning of your journey. The beginning of your journey. Some people go, oh, well, I'll be all in about halfway. That's your problem. That's why you're not seeing the results spiritually in your life that you want to see because you're trying to go all in halfway. Ten years into it, you won't go all in. You've got to go all in from the beginning. Fully devoted. Working towards fully mature. Fully devoted and fully mature are two different things. Well, what does fully mature mean? That just means you're at the appropriate level of development for the current stage of life, your spiritual life. You are at the appropriate level of development. If you're an infant, guess what? You're not gonna act like an adult. If you're a teenager, you're probably not going to act like an adult. But if you are an adult, you should be acting like an adult. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about the adulthood stage next week and then parenting the week after. But turn your Bible, because when I, when I seen this, I was reminded of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse nine, which is what we read last week, and the Lord just shook me for a moment, and he caused me to go back in context and see what we were reading. So today, I want to just bring this out to you because I believe we see someone that had every opportunity to be fully devoted and fully mature because he was a king of Israel. He, he had this opportunity, but he failed. Has anybody ever failed before? Okay, we're gonna go back and we're gonna look at this. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verses seven through nine. At that time, and if I get these words wrong, <clears throat> Please forgive me, because I'm from Pemiscot County, Missouri. (laughs) I've got one other person. you from Pemiscot County. At that time, Hananiah, is that how you say it, Hananiah? If not, who cares? The seer came to King Asa and told him, listen, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram, instead of the Lord your God, You missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Because you have put, here's what he said, because you have put your trust in the wrong things, you have now partnered with the wrong person. And now because of that, you have missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Let's go on. This proceeds verse 9 of what we read last week. This is in context. Listen to what 8 says. It says, don't you remember? Sometimes God has to bring us back to remembrance. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all of their chariots and charioteers? At that time, at that time, see, it shows us That there's points in our life of maturity, and then there's points that we will revert back to immaturity if we don't watch it. If we don't stay in the presence of God, if we don't keep allowing our lives to be lined up with the will of God, we're going to find ourselves back in an old way in an old life. But he says this to him. He says, at that time, there was a time in your life, Asa, you relied on the Lord, and he handed them over to you. There was a time you were defeating the enemy and now there is, there's, there's coming a time that the enemy is gonna defeat you. This is so good. Verse nine, the eyes of the Lord, this, this goes back to where we were last week. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a, what a powerful statement that God is on the search for his people, that he's looking all across the world to see whose heart is loyal, or committed, or faithful to him. Oh, what a great statement. I bet you in this moment King Asa was going, ha yeah, this is, this is great. This, this is awesome. This, this is something that I can get behind. This is This is a good statement. This is where redemption comes, but, I'm sure you've already read the scripture because it's on the screen. But he goes on and he says, what a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. Why, because you've reverted. Why are you trusting in the wrong things? How many times do we find ourselves trusting in the wrong things or trusting in the wrong people? Here he come back and he's trusting in some worldly person. And God, uh, uh, God is speaking through the, through the seer, through the prophet, that's what that is, he's speaking through the prophet and saying this, he's saying, look, you're not trusting God anymore. You're not trusting God. Listen, because he wasn't fully devoted or fully mature, he missed a chance. When we are not fully devoted, and when we are not fully mature, we miss chances. Why should we take a whole month and actually five weeks and break this down and try to get on a different level with God? Because I am asking, please, I am begging you, would you become fully devoted and fully mature to God so that you don't miss the chances that God has for you? Because here's what'll happen. Immaturity, I want y'all to listen to this. I want you to listen to this, and I want you to listen to it in the spirit, and I want you to listen very clearly. Immaturity will cause you to partner with the enemy. That's what happened. Immaturity, a lack of spiritual maturity, will cause you to partner with the enemy. Wake up. Church, wake up. You reap what you sow. Are y'all with me today? I'm passionate about this because we are God's children. We are God's children on a mission, and the enemy is trying to stop us. How do we defeat the enemy? We become fully devoted and fully mature. We grow in our faith. We discern the spirit. Ephesians chapter four, verse 13, pull that one up just real quick. Here's what it says. This is actually in the NCV version, but I, I want you to read this. We must become like a mature person. Cause God here in this text is talking about giftings that he's given the church to equip the church and through that equipping, here's what happens, we become or we must become like mature people, growing until we become like Christ and have His perfection. We must grow until we become like Christ. If you're not like Christ right now, you're not done growing. And I don't, I've never met anybody that was just like Christ. I think that we're all in this season of growth in our lives, and according to the scriptures, growth is not an option. Come on, somebody. Growth is not an option. The Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter three. He says, grow in the grace. Grow in grace. Somebody say grace. Grace. Say it again. Say it one more time. Grace, grow in grace. In other words, there's going to come a time in your life where you understand the grace of God, and you understand that there is therefore now no no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You have to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my question to you is this: What are you currently doing to grow? Are you showing up on a Sunday morning to grow? Please hear me when I say this and please don't shoot me when I say it because I love you with all of my heart. You can't grow through a Sunday morning experience. I mean, you can, it'll help you and it pushes you along the way. It'll challenge you a little bit. Some people's like, man, you're knocking your own stuff. You know why I'm knocking my own stuff? Because I believe in what I am saying. You cannot change and grow and morph into what God has created you to be in a 30-minute time span. Some of you are like, 30-minute? Buddy, we're getting overtime. You do 52 every week. Hallelujah. But, but you, <laughs> have you ever felt like you were in the middle? Any middle child, are you a middle child? If you're a middle child, throw your hands up. Look, those hands came up real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's me! <laughs> and when you're in the middle, it's almost like there's times that you feel looked over because you're not the youngest, but you're not the oldest, because the oldest, the oldest, even though the oldest says that the youngest gives, gets all the favor, it's not really true because the oldest was the firstborn. The oldest is the one that made me a mama. The oldest is the one that made, you know, me a daddy. The, the oldest has something special. And then the youngest, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 52 years old now, and I just had a kid, hallelujah, so this is my last one, unless your name is Sarah. Then you're 90 years old. Could you imagine a 90-year-old woman having a baby? Hey, how you doing? I don't know if they like. But then there's this middle child, and it's just like, man, you're just hanging out in the middle. And I think sometimes spiritually we're just, we're just hanging out in the middle. We're just hanging out in the middle. We just don't know really what to do. We're searching, but we don't have much understanding. Does that relate to anybody in this in this place, I, I would probably call this possibly the teen stage of life. Because when you're a teenager, you're just trying to figure it all out. That's why teenagers get in so much trouble. When I got into all of my trouble, I was a teenager. I, I wasn't a fully mature adult yet. I, I was still a teenager. I was in my late teens, 16, 17, 18, 19, almost 20. You know, all my 19-year-old uh, life was just doing stupid stuff, but I was in the middle. I was just trying to figure it out. I knew everybody around me was telling me that these things that I was doing was not right to do, but I continued to do them. And then until I stood before judges and they said, look, if you don't quit, you will go to jail. Then I began to realize, okay, I think that guy is serious. (laughs) And if you're from Pemiscot County, Missouri, it was Judge Luber and Judge Luber didn't play, right? But I remember when my grandfather and Judge Luber sat in a chamber by themselves with me in the room and Judge Luber let me have it. He let me have it because him and my grandfather was pretty good buddies or at least acquaintances. And my grandfather said, you better talk some sense into him because we don't want to send him to jail. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to eventually get caught and he's going to be in trouble. But I was a teenager. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just trying to, Feel my way through life and figure it out. Anybody ever tried to feel your way through a spiritual life and figure it out? I know I have. Sitting there and just trying to test the waters. Come on now. It, the, the Bible says that we can test God or try God in one area, and that's through our giving, right? But I've tried God and tested God in a lot of areas. Now it didn't work out on my favor or in my favor, but I've done that from time to time and it just don't work out. So what I have to do is I have to commit to this faith journey and this growth journey to go, okay, if I have 75,000 people around me screaming, that's not right, you shouldn't do that, right? If, If I've got people around me saying that, I probably need to listen to the majority around me. It's like the old saying, if one person calls you a donkey, shrug it off. If five people call you a donkey, saddle up. (laughs) Doctors say this. I'm going to get serious just for a minute because doctors say that teens are primarily asking two things. When you're a teenager, teenagers ask two things, and I think that we can translate this into our spiritual walk also as as teenagers or people who are learning the ropes and trying to grow into this fully mature adult. They say this, they ask two things. The first thing they're asking is, who am I? They're trying to find their identity. They don't know who they are. See, and that's one of the biggest challenges that we have as Christians because we're always trying to figure out, well, who am I really? Who am I? I mean, I know that God's doing something for them, but will God really do something for me? Who am I? We are always searching for our identity. So when I read this and I come across this study, I go, wow, this is pretty cool. And then the second question that teenagers ask, these are the top two questions. Where do I fit? And I thought, wow, who am I and where do I fit? These are very fitting for what I am going to be teaching because that is nothing but a sense of belonging. In other words, when you come out of the world and you get into the church, you're trying to figure out where do I fit? Because I was, I was doing heroin two weeks ago and this guy's leading a Bible study. I don't know if I fit in the same room as this guy leading a Bible study because I still have marks all over my arms. Where do I fit? Or hey, I just run my whole family. I've committed adultery and I've run my whole family and here I am in this this, uh, men's group that's talking about strong marriages. I don't know where I fit. Anybody? And you're trying to figure all of this stuff out. So here's what I want you to do. Go now to the book of Romans because I think Romans is gonna help us grow just a little bit today. But let's go to the book of Romans and let's read verses one and two because I think we can answer a couple of these questions or these two questions in these two verses. Therefore I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. You know the problem with a living sacrifice? It'll come off the altar if you let it. We are living sacrifices. And if you don't watch it, something won't go your way and you'll climb off of the altar that God's put you on. So who am I? You are a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice, let's go on, let's go on, right? Body says living sacrifice. Let's talk about this. Holy. Say holy. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy. 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 We don't want to talk about holiness in the church today. That's like a 1960s, 70s, and 80s term. We don't do that because holy is not relevant today in today's church culture. Holy makes people feel too uncomfortable to even come to church. Holy doesn't build a great church. So so why don't we just take holy and throw it out the window? You take holy and throw it out your church window. But we will not take holy and throw it out this church window. Because the truth is some of you you do need to quit smoking. You do need to quit drinking. You do need to quit using drugs. You do need to keep, quit cheating and stealing and lying and doing all the other kinds of things that you are doing. Why? Because God's called you to be set apart. You are a living sacrifice. You are holy. Listen and pleasing to God. Holy, I don't have to have claps, I'm cool. I'm good, it's it's completely fine because this is not popular teaching. I'm I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. If I was, I would have lost years ago because I don't care. I want to stand before God one day and go, God, I think I've preached your gospel to the best of my ability and I didn't, I didn't pull any punches, I didn't pull anything back, I didn't water it down, I didn't sugarcoat it. We must be holy. Why should we be holy? First Peter, here's what he said, be ye holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. You want to know why we should be holy? Because he is holy. Be imitators of God as dear children. Ephesians chapter five, verse one. That's why we're holy. That's why we're holy. Why? Because this is your spiritual act of worship. This is your spiritual act. And then it goes on to verse two. Verse two is very fitting also. Do not conform any longer, where do I fit? Come on, who am I? I am a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. But where do I fit? Here's where you fit. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Stop quit living for the world and start living for God. But I don't know how, yes you do, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get rid of your old mindset. Get rid of all the things that's been tearing you down and pulling you to pieces and ripping you apart. Get rid of it, renew your mind. And then, the Bible says, then, in other words, something preceded the then, then, What does it say? You will be able to test and approve what God's will is. How many times have you ever heard somebody come up to you and go, I just want to know what the will of God is for my life. Quit living like a heathen and you'll find out. You, You want to know what God's will is? then you've got to go back to the word of God and see how I can get God's will revealed in my life and then get over yourself and your pride and apply God's word to your life and guess what? You'll start revealing what God's will is for your life. His good, his pleasing and his perfect will. Mm -hmm. Preaching today, I don't know what the heck that was. But it felt good jill it felt good it, river look up here boy look up here hey hey how you doing son Woo. listen church there's a war there's a war going on between an old value system and a new value system Come on, an old value system filled with hopelessness and greed and drama and guilt and shame and hurt and bitterness and unforgiveness and a new value system where Jesus is supreme and he is Lord and his love reigns supreme in our life. There is a war happening. It's happening. And hear me, no one can live in both value systems forever. And if honest, some of us are trying and it's exhausting. uh, Some of you are trying to live for God while living for the world, and I can see you spiritually, and spiritually you're so exhausted, and you don't know what to do. You gotta turn to God, because Satan knows If he can get you to hold on, I'm gonna give a CR plug real quick, to all of those hurts, habits, and hang ups, he can eventually get you to drift back into that old life. Oh, if I can just get her to get back to that old life. I don't care if she goes to church. I don't care if she's reading her Bible. I don't care if she's, you know, got four prayer partners just praying over her and prophesying and interceding. I don't care about any of that. If I can just get her pointed back into the direction of the old life. When God's got bigger and better plans for you. Amen. He's got so many plans for all of us. Let's go to Romans chapter eight, verse two. Romans chapter eight, verse two. And because you belong to him, listen, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Because you belong to him. Because you belong to him. So the question would be, when I read scripture, I just read scripture this way, and I don't know if I'm just weird, but I do. Anytime I read something like, and because you belong to him, I've got to ask myself a question. God, do I belong to you? Because if I belong to someone, I'm not rented. I'm not on lease. I don't own my own desires and thoughts and wills and calls and all of that. I I don't do that. I belong. To belong is to be bought. To belong means that I have an owner. In biblical terms, I would become a slave unto the Lord. And whatever the Lord says, I will do whether that hurts me or helps me, I will do it. And because you belong to him, because you are his, because you are living fully committed to him, devoted with all of your heart, the power, someone say power. Power. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Wow, what a scripture, what a scripture. That's the power of God. And what intrigues me about Romans 8.2, it comes right after the whole, the, the scripture. I've already quoted it once. I quote it all the time. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That one right there, right? That's the scripture that preceded 8.2 that we just read. But what intrigues me even more is what Paul was saying before then. Because I believe that we all have our personal struggles, but we all have to keep our lives pointed toward God. Because Paul said in Romans chapter seven, the things that I wish to do, that I know I should be doing, I am not doing those things. And the things that I know I should not do, Those things I find myself doing. Why? Because there's a spirit that liveth on the inside of me, and it's the spirit of my flesh. Now there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that spirit, that life-giving spirit, if you belong to him, has set you freed from what he just talked about in Romans chapter 7. So why is this so hard? Why is it hard? Because it's hard. Would would you say that living for Christ and really being fully devoted and fully mature, would you say that it is actually pretty hard? Yes, it is hard. Why is it hard? Because we're not talking superficial change. We're not talking about change that just is is normal and change that just naturally happens. We're talking about letting go of established patterns in our life, ungodly behaviors of our life, the addictions that we have in our life, the mindsets that we have in our life. That's why it is so hard. That's why you continue to struggle. But I wanna tell you, just like the caterpillar turning into a butterfly, if you'll keep struggling, just keep struggling if you have to struggle because one day you're going to bust free and you're going to be exactly who God has created you to be. Amen? Kenzie, go ahead and come on out, girl, if you could, if you could. My personal belief is this. God cannot and will not give the keys to the kingdom, to the immature. You say, well, I mean, I don't know about that. My theology don't line up. Well, that's good, that's fine. I don't think God's gonna give the keys to the kingdom to the immature any more than you would give your keys to your car, to your child. I don't care how much that little dude sitting on the front row wants to jump in my vehicle and act like he's driving, he ain't getting the keys to the car because he don't know how to drive. And this is that sprint that I was talking about earlier. Boy, we're on a sprint, we're on a mission. Let's sprint on, let's sprint on, Pastor. Let's sprint on. No, you wanna drive a car when you're still sucking a passy? It don't work that way. So how do I grow, Pastor? Let me just give you a couple little things and then I'm gonna end with Ephesians 4.14, pray over you and then, I'm, then Leona's gonna come up and she's gonna do some really cool stuff you're gonna be gone. And you can go eat Crackle Barrel if you want to, unless you're fasting. And then you can dream about Crackle Barrel Actually, while you're fasting, you dream about McDonald's. Oh, if I could just have a french fry. (sighs) Growing through this stage, this teenage stage, this stage that we're talking about today, it requires a few things willingness to learn God's Word. All right? That's why we've thrown out Bible plans and all that kind of stuff on the website during the 21 days of prayer and fasting to set your course for the remainder of the year. There's there's gotta be this willingness on the inside of you to, to learn God's word and there has to be repentance in your life in areas where your life doesn't line up with the word of God. There has to be repentance. That's another word that really isn't preached today. Repent, repent, repent. No, we're just saying, God's grace is good, man. Just go live your life and show back up to church next week. Be sure you give. What a joke. My goodness, repentance and all those areas. And a belief, oh, this is a good one. And a belief that change is possible in your life. Can God change you? Can God grow you into a fully mature adult? yes he can why because he's the God of the he's the maker of the heavens and the earth amen, amen. Ephesians I, I want to end with this one Ephesians 4 14 it says then when we grow up then we will no longer be immature like children we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever That they sound like the truth where does all that come from equipping equipping you got to be equipped you got to go to school you can't graduate high school unless you complete the first second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh twelfth grade you can't get your diploma why is it that we are in a season where everybody wants their spiritual diplomas but nobody wants to go to school That's not gonna be this church. That's not gonna be you, because I'm believing that God's doing a great work in you. Let me pray for you. Father, you are so good today, and I thank you for the many blessings you've poured out upon this church, and God, the spiritual growth that we have seen over the years, God, more in the past couple years than than probably the previous 10. And This year, I just sense this feeling of growth, this sense of growth, this year of growth, and I'm just asking if there's anybody in this room that needs to lay some things down or, 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 or get rid of some baggage that's causing them to, to be weighed down so that they can't get to the promises and the blessings that you have for them in the manner that you would want them to get to it. I pray that they'll just lay that stuff down at your feet today. Lay down your burdens. Break off every chain. Set the captive free. Open the blinded eye, God. Open the deaf ear. Let your will be done in our church and our individuals that attend this church, our people who are viewing it online. Let your will be done. And maybe you're here today and you need to confess some of those sins over to God, some of those faults, some of those things. You need to release some of that baggage. You need to let go of some of these, some of these items in your life that has caused you to not be who God has created you to be. If that's you today, I don't, I don't wanna just go through it and drag it out. You know if that's you or not, but if God's knocking on that heart today and you feel this in your gut, would you just slip up your hand so that you can make this relationship right with Jesus? Right now, go ahead, yes. Anybody else, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. There's hands that are going up today. Yeah, I see you up there. Just pray this prayer with me, simple prayer, but God is good. Say, Jesus, in this moment, I've realized that I'm in need of a savior. So today, I confess my sins to you and I ask, that you become the Lord of my life. I strongly believe that you died and you rose on the third day so that I could spend eternity with you in heaven. So from this moment on, use me, help me, mold me, make me into what you want me to be and I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Compassion Church Dixon, go to our website, CompassionDixon.Church. If you would like to become a monthly financial partner, go to our website and click Give. Join us on Sundays in person or online and be sure to follow us on social media. Also, be sure to share this episode with someone or online and tag us. Until next time.